What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Holy Toledo. I, I, the Did you say Holy Toledo because Bill King just won the... Ford Frick Award, and that was his. No, I didn't, Barry. I said it because you are. It's like you have a, but you have a composer's thing in front of you. You should be conducting it's an orchestra stand. right now. Yes, a music stand. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he he, is. he's unbelievable. You know, let me ask you that about I'm on the that Tuscanini. Whole thing. I'm the Tuscanini of yeah, sports that's right. What, what's I believe that's Toscanini. Toscanini. Toscanini uh, would re- mean you're from Tuscany. Tus- no. <laughs> I'm a Tuscaninian. Listen, <laughs> listen. Well, that whole thing about okay, that, that was his. Oh my gosh, whole, he said he's the guy who said Holy Toledo. I mean, we allow people to get away with this. This is what he was famous for. I would hate for one of those things to show up in my obit. Famous for saying Holy Toledo. Well, I, I mean, everybody's got a catchphrase. You know, Eric, when Eric Nadell passes, which will be long after all of us, because he takes incredibly good care of himself. It will be that, you know, he said, hello again, everybody, or that ball is history. Right. Bill King was, uh, I didn't get much of a chance to know Bill King because I didn't just, when when I started covering the Rangers, it was towards the end of his career. But uh, he was certainly to the San Francisco Bay Area, um, a multi-sport um, and a legend. And he was something of a renaissance man, too. He was I know Always. Eric really liked him, That's according to your story. Yeah, he, er, er, but, but, you know, here's a guy, he did the Oakland Raiders, he did Warrior Games. Did the, it was the original voice of the Warriors, yeah. and the original voice of the Raiders. Yeah, and, and also did Giants, and then he, then he moved, to, moved to the A's. He's a Fort Frick winner as the uh, From best, the Hall of Fame. Football Hall For of which Fame. which very votes. I, I did vote. I did. How many voters are there? I think there were 17, because what happens with, with that award is that if if you won the award, you get to vote, right. and a lot of old guys have won the award. And are you trying to keep them off out of voting? No, it's well, a, what, apparently they, it changes from year to year because there are not the, so many old guys. guys left. They 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 pass, and it's 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 really sad. I I will say this, Eric. I know Eric was very happy that Bill won. I think he felt he felt like Bill was a guy that he looked up to very very much. He did. Um, I voted. I voted for Hawk Harrelson first, I, and and I think Eric did as well. I, I think Eric would would also be up on Hawk Harrelson. You know, my my case has always been that they need to in, induct that Atlanta Braves group as a as a group. Um, but that's that's my own personal uh, pulpit. Let's get into some winter meetings talk. Uh, they are over with. Um, are they over with? Really? Everybody's the winter meetings. Gone? Thankfully, were, were the Rangers yes, at, the, at the winter meetings? Evan? Yeah, wow. they were there. They were there. Why, Barry? What did they accomplish? They accomplished exactly what they needed to. They they, they got. Could, they didn't have to go to what, what was the what was the dateline? It was a great dateline. Well, there were two datelines. One was originally National you kept Harbor it the whole time, and then the apparent land district in which this place, actual National Harbor, is in, is called Oxen Hill, Maryland. 
Oxen Hill, I love it. They make fun of Flower Mound here. Oh, got, believe me, they do. And and you got Oxen Hill. And I, I, I whatever, it was a nice, the, the Gaylord Hotel there is nice, and there's restaurants there and everything, and it, it, was, it was a nice uh, change of pace, but the winter meetings are a sucker bet. You know, if you go to the winter meetings and you try and make trades or you try and sign free agents to long-term deals, you're going to pay the highest possible retail prices or you're going to make reactionary deals. And and I think that the Rangers' approach to the winter so, meetings has always been their meetings. They're not necessarily a trade show. Did the Red, did the Red Sox get suckered when, when they traded? They paid a heavy—what the, 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 what the Red Sox did in trading for Chris Sale— yeah. And for Tyler Thornburg, okay, because yeah. they got Thornburg and they got Sale. They gave up basically the same package that the Rangers gave up for Cole Hamels at, at the uh, trading deadline. Uh, they've got three years of control of Sale. Moncada was probably higher ranked than anybody they gave up, though, wasn't he? Who's that? Uh, Moncada. The guy that- Moncada was, yeah, he was. I, I think the number one you know, prospect in baseball. When you talk to people around baseball, they felt like the pro- the package the Nationals was willing to give up for Chris Sale was probably an overall better package, but Moncada was the the single best player in that. The Rangers gave up a franchise type catcher in a lot of people's eyes as as really the headliner in their deal for Cole Hamels, but also gave up three pitchers who have all pitched in the big leagues now. So. Um, my only comparison there is the Rangers got Hamels and a left-handed reliever uh, for the late innings from Philadelphia for for what amounted to five prospects. Boston got five, gave up five very good prospects for a left-handed type ace like Hamels and a, a strong late-inning reliever. Let me ask you this about about the, the and, and that's the only kind of guy that I'd be willing to make that kind of deal for. You know, if there's a clear difference-making pitcher. That's on the market, and Sale was the only one who was definitively on the market. Well, it makes it all better too. He's right. twenty-seven years old and he's under control for a ridiculous salary. So right, you'd be paying uh, you'd be paying uh, Elvis Andrus more than you'd be paying an ace. I think the difference, you know, you the reason you give up a player of Moncada's level and and at the prospect level that he's at versus what the Rangers gave up is because Sale's contract is. Is that much more club friendly? Yeah. So let me ask you this: because of the what Barry was alluding to when he said when he talked, I'm, I'm been saying alluding to a lot. I'm, I'm gonna stop yeah. doing that. Uh, is is when he said talk about the winter meetings and and the and the fact that the Rangers didn't do a lot there. I was I'm willing to bet that John Daniels, if you give him his druthers, he'd much rather trade at the deadline than in, or make a deal at the deadline than he is in the winter meetings because he he's got it on his hand right now. I know how we're playing. I you think know. I think that they've proven that over the last yeah. two years. You know, I mean, people who talk about, well, are the Rangers going to add payroll? Are the Rangers willing to give up players to get players? Listen, they've added a frontline pitcher, a, a number one pitcher. They've added three late inning relievers, an all star catcher, uh, and then they rented out a DH in, in in Carlos Beltran at at the deadline. Beltran obviously is the is the outlier there, but all the rest of those guys were controllable guys and. I think they feel like there are two shopping periods, real shopping periods, the winter meetings or the trade deadline. And at the trade deadline, from a financial standpoint, I think you can kind of readjust the market. Because let's face facts, Philadelphia did chip in some money on on Cole Hamels. And oftentimes, when teams make deals at the deadline, they're having to offset some of those financial costs to make the deal happen. Right. Right now, you are paying absolute retail price. You look at what relievers went for at this winter meetings, uh, 
eighty million dollars for for eighty seven million dollars for Chapman, sixty two million dollars for for Melanson. Uh, those are ridiculously high prices. And they're, they're ridiculously high if they don't if they don't win. Right. If, if the team wins and and it's a difference maker in the bullpen, it's not ridiculous. If, if, if yes. The question would be, what constitutes winning? Is it if the Giants return to the playoffs and if the uh, if the Yankees return to the playoffs, is that winning or does it have to be a win a world championship? I think it has to be win 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 the pennant, win win the league, and then. So we, we, what we see here is two different approaches because and and I and I get what John is doing here because look, just what you said in in the, the winter meetings. Everybody wants to thank their competitors, right? Sure. Everybody's in on everybody. So now, if you if you got if you're the White Sox and you got Chris Sale, hey, hey come 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 to me with your bids here. Everybody, everybody's going to come at you. Well, not everybody, but but you got about ten teams probably in the in the, in the running. You've for got that. a larger market to yes. deal with at, at the at the deadline. I mean, then, uh, at the winter and the winter major and at the trade deadline, you got three or four teams that are going to do that. I, I think the, the the trade deadline period has because of the second wild card in each league. I think you've enlarged the market some, but certainly there are going to be at least a third of the teams in baseball that are not participants in in, right. in any kind of market. So let's look at the two different guys and two different approaches here. You got John Daniels is always a little cons- well, he's he not always conservative because he has made, as you said, the blockbuster deals. But a guy who's done more of those kind of deals, and he's done them in Detroit, and he and he's done them down in Boston. Is Dave Dombrowski, a and guy he, who was in the running to be the GM of the of the, of the Texas Rangers at one, and he time. did them in Miami. He, he did them know, in Miami as well. Whenever he had, whenever he had resources, he's done them. And David's always been very decisive about. Uh, in a lot of ways, he is an old school GM, which is coming from this perspective. I identify Chris Sale as the guy who is going to make me better. What do I need to do to get that deal done? I am going to get it done. Whereas I think now GMs. And John is right in line with with the general thinking, and that thinking is, okay, what can I give up that's a commensurate value? And I'm not going to overpay for this guy. There is a value attached to a pitcher, and even if he's a guy who wins a World Series for you, I'm not going to to dramatically overpay for you. That just seems to be the prevailing thought in baseball right now, not saying one or the other. But, yeah, Dave, the way Dave has approached trades, whether they're at the deadline or the winter meetings, has always been very decisive and very assertive, and it is about what do I need to do to get the player that I need. So I wonder how, how much of that, because I've never talked to Dave, so I don't know him personally. I don't know what he's like. How much I was of, invited to his wedding, you know. Wow, were you really? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's who nice. did he marry oh, on the bride side? Did he, you, wait, wait. Did, did no, he, who did he, he married some. He married Carrie Ross, who went to school at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Family and, friend of the Switchers, right? Yes, they are family friends of the Switchers. Was he at the wedding? Uh, I didn't go to the wedding because the wedding was at the Cowboy or the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Tulsa, or uh, is it in Tulsa? I think it's in Tulsa. I don't know. Or Oklahoma so. City. It was uh, yeah, and I, I couldn't go. So anyway, thanks for that. Uh, the society news. No, that, uh, that, that, I think that was a good note, Evan. It was a great note. Also, Dave Dombrowski wrote his term paper for his graduate degree on the role of the general manager in baseball in nineteen seventy seven, and, and I've got a copy of that. And, wow. and what? And uh, what is his degree in? Uh, B, it's a B, it's a businessman. Uh, from the University of Houston? Or no, re- or? it's actually from Western Michigan. What the heck? Okay. What the heck? You Okay, you sidetracked this thing far enough. 
Is how much of this, you know, when we talk about Dave, Dave Dombrowski's willingness to do these things? But let me before we go any further on Dombrowski, also understand Dombrowski is fifty six now. Yeah, okay. that's he did a young win man. A, yeah, he is a young man. He's young for us. He did win a World Series in Florida in ninety seven, and then immediately was told to break that team up. But he has spent the last twenty years now as a GM trying to get back to that level, and I do think he sees some. Some degree of his mortality in baseball. Yeah, well, it didn't because um, it, it didn't work out in Detroit. Uh, he he had some great teams there and he had some great players. He got there twice. He, yes, but he, but he didn't win the World Series. So, but my my question about how much with him, I I get the impression there's a little bit like if this doesn't work out, I believe he talked about the four year period. People were saying four years down the road, what's going to happen? And his comment was, four years down the road is a lifetime, and and who knows what's going to happen in four years. Is that, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I'll be the next GM in, in Baltimore. I'll be the next GM, in, you know, in San Francisco. I'll be the next GM. I'm just going to get another job, and I'll just move on down the road here if it doesn't work out. I think his, I think his approach in Boston certainly has to be a little bit different than just about any GM in, in baseball because in Boston it is about this year, yeah, and winning right. this year every year. And who, and who is he replaced essentially in running in running the operation? Well, he he. Yeah, he, he didn't come far behind Theo Epstein. Theo, Theo Epstein, yeah. yeah. So I mean, there was Ben Sherrington was there. Yeah. in the interim. But by the way, should have spelled his name another way. You didn't like with the C? No. Okay. No. Is he um, a relative? No. Uh, did you go to obviously? His, did you go to his wedding? I did not go to his wedding. Nor but do you, I know what he wrote for his term paper. What Boston did under Sherrington is they they really restocked the minor league system, and they were a very very well stocked system, which allowed them to make the trade. <laughs> which allowed them to make allowed the him trade. to pillage that. Um, but at the same point in time, it also th- this is also a team that prints money, and right. they can if this doesn't work out this year, then they can go out and sign free agents next year so instead what, of trading. So contracts. what you're saying is that GMs are, are like quarterbacks; they some of them fit in certain places better than other ones do. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think look, I think Dave would fit just about anywhere. But I think right now, for where his career is and 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 what his um. Natural tendencies are natural tendencies, but also you know what he sees on the horizon for him. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Boston is, is is a very good fit for him, and I, I think that John has has managed the Texas Rangers organization in a very responsible way. That is, we do know that this club has been here since 1972 and and still hasn't won a world championship, and it's been very close. And we're going to do everything we possibly can, but you also get to a point where you look around the farm system and you say. There's not a lot that's going to be ready at the big league level this, in, in, in 2017 and maybe not 2018. So you've got to be a little bit smarter about how you go about what you're willing to give up and and judge the market based on what your strengths and weaknesses are. There was not a premium pitcher to be had on the free agent market this year. No. And, well, and that's what this team really needs. Okay. Well, it depends on what Rich Hill does. I will say this. I don't consider Rich Hill a premium. I know you pitcher. don't, and I know why, and it's good because his, he hasn't pitched a lot of innings in any season. Uh, he, he was really good down the stretch uh, for the Dodgers uh, and has a great curveball. Um, well, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. I just want to ask Kevin, had there been a premium free agent pitcher, right, then would we ha- would you be sitting here today that the Rangers didn't get and tell us oh they couldn't he, he would have broke their payroll structure and I want to ask you this what is the Ranger payroll how how much money do the Rangers make I, I, 
you want to talk about secrets, you guard the secrets of, of how much a club makes from year to year. I, I think this team operates very close to the black, if not in the black. And, and I think that this team's value has increased exponentially since Ray Davis uh, and, and Bob Simpson and Neil Lehman bought it out of bankruptcy. I think they bought it for five ninety at that point in time. And I would bet that by the time the stadium is finished in 2020, the value of this club is going to be about a billion and a half. So uh, it, it it's a billion dollars. We're talking about be, a billion would, dollars yeah, it profit. Three hundred percent increase in in value, um, but it doesn't improve improve your cash flow right at the moment. And the the extenuating circumstance with the Rangers is they've got a premium pitcher that they need to sign that's out there, and that's you, Darvish, and he's going to cost thirty million dollars a year. And that's where they need that's where they need to focus their their financial flexibility right now. Your uh, your colleague, my colleague, your colleague, Tim, Tim Kalashaw, Kalashaw yeah. wrote that the Rangers should make a deal with the Dodgers for Clayton Kershaw that would include uh, Ruggie Odor, and he was going to throw somebody else in, wasn't he? Uh, Darvish and Odor. Darvish. I thought he was going to throw somebody else in. Well, it, in other news, I'm, I'm sad to report this. Tim has entered the concussion protocol at the paper. Wow! Um, that is nuts. Yeah, it was a little. Uh, that is not. That is nuts. Why? Uh, because the Dodgers would never do that in a million gazillion years, right? Uh, the Do- I don't think the Dodgers would do it, and I, I don't think that. I don't know why the Dodgers wouldn't do it. You're getting no. You're getting a a, court, a, a pitcher who's pretty close to Kershaw or could oh, be. Oh no, no. Clayton's the best no. pitcher in baseball. You, Wait, he is the best pitcher. You in baseball. could be the best pitcher in baseball. Well, but that's what I'm saying. If you're going to make that deal, you also have to be committed to re-signing Darvish, and now you're going to pay Darvish on a contract based on what Clayton Kershaw made, and it's probably going to have to be more than what Kershaw made. But it's close anyway. You're saying because Clayton's getting thirty million a year right now. Correct. And so you're you're saying all along that you's going to get a thirty million dollars. Yes. Yes. So. So it's going to be the same basically anyway, right? But you're also getting you're also getting a power hitting second baseman out of the deal. I don't you know why the Dodgers be. wouldn't do that. I, I, you know, there's enough. It's close enough because you'd have if you're the Dodgers, you have to be guaranteed that you're going to have you Darvish under control. And how long no, does Clayton's contract run? Uh, I, I I don't have it in front of me. Um, and I don't know if you want to sit here while I. No, that's okay. I, no, I, I, but my, my point is, I I don't do the deal because. You don't do the duel if you're the Rangers. Is no, what you're saying. no, I don't. You you really want to give up a guy who's a potential All Star second baseman? I know. Uh, you, you, apparently, you think you Darvish is trash. I don't think he's trash. I don't think he's Clayton Kershaw either. He's he's not Clayton Kershaw. But there's not enough difference between Clayton Kershaw's, Kershaw and you Kershaw's Darvish. average value for the remainder of his contract is thirty five million. Per how, year, how long is the remainder of the contract? The remainder of the contract is through two thousand and twenty, though. There is an opt-out option for Kershaw after 2018. Here he comes to the Rangers right there. So if he opts out. <laughs> yeah. like, like every other pro athlete from the Dallas-Fort Worth area who wants to come home. They never want to come home. I wouldn't say that. Who, who did? Who did? I, I, listen, it's a dangerous thing to say because something happened and this Darren is not going to happen. You know? Who? Oh Darren, yeah, Darren he can't, uh, one one contract too late. Yeah, one contract. No, but listen, Clayton Kershaw has very strong ties to this area, and he he loves this. Area. Clay, Clayton would yeah. l- let me say this. Clayton would welcome pitching here in in Arlington, uh, but he's also got very strong ties to the Dodgers organization. Well, yeah, absolutely, and and he should. And and that, listen, this is another thing here because we you're gonna. I love Clayton Kershaw. He's a great guy and great pitcher. There's no question about it. But his postseason history is not great. No. 
Okay. So uh, I, I the the big thing for me is he's two years younger than than you, and that's a, that's, that's a great a, thing. Yeah. And that's a but big he's point. also got back problems now, and he's and he's got and he's logged an awful lot of innings. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I don't the difference between Clayton and you is not that tremendous as you seem to think. Uh, and and the fact that you would be getting a power hitting second baseman in the deal as well. Oh, I, I from from my perspective, I don't see how it makes sense for the Rangers, especially if you'd only have one. Two guaranteed years of of, of Kershaw, right? Um, and to give up a star of Odor's ability is is ridiculous. If you want to give up Odor right now, you could have gotten into the yes. conversations for sale. Or and I don't Archer have and I don't have a problem for that. And have with that had Darvish, Hamels, and one of those guys. So to me, it, it makes no sense. I, I know what Tim is saying that you know think creatively, think outside the box. But for me, this is not that. That's not a, a deal that that I think makes sense for Texas. What you're not understanding is that you're replacing a, I, a really good pitcher with a, a little bit better pitcher. Yes. Okay. That's that. How are you making yourself better? You're not making yourself better, and so that that's your problem. Is that I, is that he, he makes you he makes you increment. What you want to do is add another pitcher. I think what you don't Tim, want to take one good one away and add another one. I, I think what Tim's argument also is is that you would have some control over over Kershaw for more than one year. Yeah, uh, and that Kershaw, what Clayton has accomplished to this point versus what you has accomplished, but I really think that you Darvish is going to win a Cy Young, if not more than one, before his career is over. Uh, I think he would be more than um, willing to discuss an extension in Texas, and I just think that it's the especially right with move. the roof over his head. I think, uh, yeah, but even if he, even if they get the roof ready for two thousand and twenty. You know, even if they get that stadium built for 2020, he's still got to pitch 17, 18, 19. As sure. Dave Dombrowski would have said, that's you it's know, a lifetime. That's a lifetime. It is. It is. So we haven't talked about Carlos Gomez. Yeah. Which was uh, what the Rangers did at the winter meetings. And I think an exceptionally important deal for them to have done. Because now it does put them in position where they can – be a little bit flexible with how they fix the rest of their team. I think it's a gamble. I, I, not a huge gamble, but it's a, you know, and there. I have to say also, uh, somebody has to play center field. Well, true, but but the thing is, it's a one year deal. They're almost to me almost no one year gambles. It, the gamble is is not for the money you're investing in Carlos Gomez. It's betting that he's going to be the answer in center field because he could very well go back to what he was before. Defensively, I think he will be. Above average in center field. Yes. I think that will not he'll, wane. He'll be better than, than Ian Desmond was. He will be better than Ian Desmond. And if he does go back to what he was, that's an elite center fielder. Offensively, will do I think he'll hit 280 with a 360 on-base percentage? I don't know if I'd go that high on the on-base percentage, but I do think he really has bought into what Anthony Iapose and, and, and Rick Mayshore have um, – or Justin Mayshore have um, have preached, and he certainly looked different. It wasn't just the results; Scott, he he looked different. You know, Scott Boris said to me in, uh, in direct response to a question about why was he willing to bet on himself that he felt like Gomez felt like he found something in his approach at Texas that he had never felt before in his career. Right. So, does that make a difference this year? I don't know. But what it does do is it gives you an above-average defender in center field. And now you have the ability to go out and get the other bat that you need and play with it a little bit. You, 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 can, you can get a better fielder and move, and move Sinchu Chu to the DH. Uh, you could get a first baseman, leave Chu in right field, and 
uh, let Joey Gallo maybe DH so he doesn't have to worry about the field as much, that that doesn't have to be a priority. It gives you some ability to to just kind of be flexible with how you construct the rest of the team around it. And, and I think that's why getting getting Gomez done during the winter meetings, that was the important deal for the Rangers to get done. No, I, I think he was very logical about what he did, and he didn't respond to, you know, there's no knee-jerk reactions to what other people were doing. Correct. I do think that you have to con- be concerned about what the Astros are doing. Uh, I, I think the Astros – I do think the Astros have made themselves a better team with yeah. the additions of McCann and Reddick and Carlos Beltran. They have certainly brought what I think they most lacked in their clubhouse into yes. the mix in, in terms Carlos of veteran Beltran. leadership. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Will Gomez miss Beltran? I think he'll I think he'll miss him. I don't think it'll necessarily have a, a huge negative impact on him. I think the idea that if when Adrian Beltran's in your clubhouse uh, you've got a leader that you can you can rely on, and as long as Carlos doesn't have to feel like he's the guy marshalling everybody and kind of corralling everybody, I think that's the biggest deal. Does he have a whole lot of love for it, for Carlos Beltran? Yes. Does he look up to him as a mentor? Yes. But can he function without him? He has for most of his career. I right, say, so what happens next season when Jose Bautista signs with the Rangers and is in that clubhouse? And that's a possibility, right? Uh, listen, is if, it? if you ask me about the available bats out there right now, I would say that Jose Bautista makes the most sense okay. because really the, the ideally what you would love to do is move Chu to a DH. Yeah. I think you're – Of all those uh, scenarios that you posed a while ago, to me that makes the most sense because the guy's hurt all the time. Get him out soft of the outfield. T- soft tissue injuries. Yeah. Get which him out are of the outfield. A product of running in the outfield. And he's not the greatest outfielder anyway. He's, no. he's a very average to below average outfielder. Bautista's an average to a slightly above average outfielder because of his arm. Right. He's a very disciplined hitter. Uh, the question is, and, and, and the other guys that are out there, Napoli, who would be a great first fit baseman, in the clubhouse. First baseman. Chris Carter. First baseman. Um, and Edwin Encarnacion. First baseman. First baseman. You, know, All, you, can, you can run Napoli out there in the outfield. Ooh, yeah, they tried that. They tried, remember that, I remember that, those adventures in left field? That's some good-looking stuff. Mike was game for it. but I, I, I gave him all the credit in the world for that. I, I I, I just think that, you know, first base is still where with Profar, Gallo, Rua, uh, and, you know, Will Middlebrooks has some depth, and, and down the line, Ronald Guzman, you've got the ability to go young and cheap there, okay? Well, look, and here's the thing, too. I think they could do the same thing they kind of did at catcher. You remember before the, before oh, they, piece they got together. LaCroix, you piece it together, and, you're in, in the, and the final numbers are pretty good. Right. Uh, offensive numbers are pretty good. And if you need to, you go out and you get a first baseman at the trade deadline right. because I, they'll be available. They will. But to, to your point, Barry, I I think the first thing in any Bautista situation would be for John Daniels and, and Jeff Bannister to go to Adrian Beltre and say, how would he fit in this clubhouse? I do think that Beltre would would say, look, I'm thir- I'm about to turn 38 years old. I want to win a World Series. If Can this guy will make us better and help us get he to the World Series, at all. I will I will welcome him into this clubhouse. The second thing is that they need to talk to Rugnet Odor, and I think that they would, they would basically say, I think Odor would not have a problem with. It. I think Odor looked at it as a as one punch, one time, and that's over with. Plus, he um, knows he can take the guy, and yeah, he does know he can take the guy. But what about from Bautista's point of view? Would he want to come here? Well, here and and, and you know, money, Dan, yeah. du- well, Baltimore, which is in the American League East, Dan Duquette, the GM there, said the other day that the Orioles wouldn't sign Duquette, wouldn't, wouldn't sign, sign Bautista. Bautista because he's a villain to the fans there. And I think that's doing your fans a disservice. If the guy can help you, 
then the fans are going to embrace it. Absolutely. And all that Odor and Bautista have to do is go out there the first day of spring training and high-five or hug one another, and everybody in the world is going to say, oh, my God, nobody's going to – Nobody's going to screw with the Rangers. It won't be a problem. Or, right. or the first time he hits a 450-foot yeah. home run it, it won't make it. to win a and, game. And, and bat flips at the other dugout. Bat flips the other dugout. have a problem with it hey. at all. Right. Well, I, I, he's I, not a terribly popular player in the game no, because of the not. whining. But he's an but, incredibly – But neither is Odor. He, that's true, too. But, but Odor from a different perspective yeah. because he is he, he can be combative. seen as an, combative. a combative and, and, and annoyance. Bautista whines. Uh, but he's an incredible professional in how he keeps himself in shape and, and, and how he approaches the game. He's got a real disciplined approach at the plate, which is something the Rangers could use in the middle of that lineup. And, and you know, from all those aspects, it, it does make some sense. I still do wonder, you know, even with everybody saying we're on board, we're on board, you know that if they go, if they sign Jose Bautista from now at least until the All-Star break, Every day, every guy in that clubhouse is going to get the question of, how does Bautista fit in here? Do you right. like him? And, and and that can be a distraction. You know, when you're constantly having to answer questions for somebody else, uh, and when you answer the same question over and over and over again, it becomes an annoyance to guys, and sometimes it can create noise. So that is something that they'd have to consider, and I think all that's that, real. All that said, would, would you sign him? For, would you sign him? When John Daniels calls you up, and says, Evan, what should we do? What would you tell? What are you telling him? You'd sign him, right? Wait a minute. How do you know that that happens, Barry? I, I have my or, sources. Or it doesn't happen. My sources. Um, I, I, for me, again, it still comes down to the dollars and cents. But yeah, I'd, I'd very, I'd very strongly consider it. Right Absolutely. Now. Why not? Let me ask you this, and, and this might be chasing a little bit of too much of a rabbit here. But when you've got a Mark Trumbo out there, when you've got a Chris Carter, Trumbo out there, was the other guy that I left out there. Yeah. These are guys who hit 40-plus home runs in an era when power is revered as much as it ever has been in the history of the game. The guys are still out there. Is this because of of what's happened now with with analytics in baseball that show us all the other things that these guys don't do? The fact that Trumbo's not a good outfielder, uh, the fact that you know the, the the you know what their what their war is. Is that why these guys are still out there? It, it, it's, inter- it's an interesting point. You know, and you look at, like, you look at closers now, and the market for closers has exploded. The market right. for late-inning relievers has exploded. And all these guys who are out there who are big home run hitters are looking at one- or two-year deals despite putting up great numbers, despite putting uh, big, in a lot of cases, having big influence in clubhouses. Uh, and, and I think that is a really good point. I, I do think that the analytics have changed – the value of a corner of a corner uh, infielder. He's got to be a great defender, and he's got to be uh, an offensive producer. Mitch Moreland's a great defender at first base. Just took a two hundred thousand dollar pay cut, and much more when you factor in the cost of living in Boston, state income tax, all of that. To sign a one year deal with the Red Sox, he's a Gold Glove winner, mm-hmm. and he had to take a pay cut. So I do think that the value of first base. How do you think that he'll changed. go over there? I. Uh, if he doesn't hit, he won't go over big. Yeah, no. it, it, the tough thing I think that I, the tough part for Mitch is that I think in a lot of ways, unfairly, he'll be seen as the left-handed bat that's replacing David Ortiz. Right, <laughs> and you can't win that. No, you know, you even though he's going to be playing first base and Ortiz was the DH, I think he's going to be seen as the replacement for Big Poppy, and that's a tough place to be. But if that pitching staff is as good as it looks. Um, well, they're going to have enough offense around him. I, 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 and I, I and think, if Mitch if Mitch does go the opposite way, he can be devastating. Yes, in he that could ballpark. be. If he would do, you know, he's always better when he does that. Right. 
And he's always better when he goes with that the green monster out there and banging the ball off of that thing uh, all the time. It could, you know, Mitch always impressed me as a guy who who put too much pressure on himself. He, he's absolutely that guy. And, and, and I think in some ways Joey Gallo is that guy too. Yeah, That's something be. they've got to get Joey. Joey goes into situations a lot of times and it looks like he's already defeated. And, yeah. and he can't do that. No. Just can't. No, can't. All right, Barry is signaling that, that we need to move on. Either that or a home, somebody just hit a home run. Oh, that's what it was. What is somebody it, Barry? Has, somebody has to be in control of this because you guys like listening to yourselves talk too much. Wow. And 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 I've got to keep, keep us. Well, that's true, but Kevin, what do you think? I've got to, somebody's got to keep this train on the track. All right. Well, let's get to let's get. We'll, we'll, you know, you should have been an engineer, and, and I and I mean that literally. A train like engineer. Charlie Choo Choo. Yeah. Couldn't let's plenty, couldn't plenty let's get out of Rangers talk and let's get into Cowboys because I mean, there's people on ledges. Yeah, they are in on downtown. Ledges. Yeah. Well, you know, the game yesterday. I, I'll just throw something out. Had a 42 rating. A 42 rating. That's over a million and and one point two. It's about one point two million homes in Dallas Fort Worth. Watch the game. People are interested. Well, they had nothing else going on on a Sunday night. That's true. We're all losers. Yeah. All right. We will. Uh, we'll, we'll cut this Rangers uh, talk short, and we will be back shortly on Rangers to talk Pudge Rodriguez in the Hall of Fame. But for now, he's a lock, right? We'll well, talk about first, that later. He's a first We're teasing. Come on. Don't you know anything about how I that I thought works? when you were pulling up your pants, pulling your pant leg up, you were teasing me. Pulling up my pants. Wow. Your pant leg. Your pant leg. Before this more blue, can you get us out of here? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.